Praise God for what He is doing through the online ministry. It is only going to grow in the days, weeks, months to come until the Lord tarries no longer and He comes to take His church home. Amen? If you would, tonight, turn to 2 Samuel chapter number 6. 2 Samuel chapter number 6 tonight and uh, find your place there. We are going to look at a very... Uh, excited, exuberant David who gets ahead of God, all right? Uh, uh, how many of you know just because, well, we're just going to get there. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? In a world where there is such irreverence, God, what He has to say matters, amen? Amen. And we want to be reverent to the Lord tonight. This is His place. And we are His people. And we are about to read His Word. 2 Samuel chapter 6, picking up in verse number uh, 1, the Word of God here says, Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baali of, of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark, and David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on uh, psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and cymbals. And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called the name of the place Perezah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto, unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. So what is the lesson for us tonight? We're going to dig in and find it. Amen. What a living word that was just read. The living word. Let us pray. Heavenly Father God, we come to you now, Lord God, thanking you. God, for this time together. God, realizing this isn't just any other time. This is the time that you've ordained for us to be together. And God, now, Lord, I thank you for the worship, God, that has taken place already. God, I thank you now for the opportunity, God, to dig into your word. God, that we would receive the truth of your word. 
God, that we would understand that your word being alive and living, God, and applied is what we need today. God, I pray you open our hearts. God, open up our minds, dear God. Take away the distractions, Lord God, that we would come into the place, God, a holy place with you, God. God, your presence. God, realizing tonight how important your presence is. God, the very fact we cannot breathe without your grace. But God, more than that, we need your presence to live. God, help us tonight. Encourage us, God. God, in realizing the way things ought to be done. God, that holiness matters. That order matters. God, that what you command us to do matters for our lives. God, help us tonight to see your truth. And I ask all these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Sometimes we can have such a right intentions and a wrong way of doing things. The very best of intentions, but doing things the wrong way. How many of you know it's true today? And we live in a time where a lot of people are striving. Some aren't striving, but some are. Some are doing their very best to uh, try to live for God, to do uh, godly things. But how many of you know tonight that it doesn't matter how good you try to be, what God tells you to do trumps all of those things. Obedience to God and what God has to say. In this passage, we have David here. They've won the battle and they are fetching the ark of God. And we know what the... Uh, what the Ark of God means because we've watched uh, uh, through the book of Joshua the significance of the, the Ark of God. Boy, how, how uh, God in His presence fought with them, fought for them, did the work. His presence. I'd remind you of just this morning they lost to battle because uh, God's presence was no longer with them. God's presence, the ark of God, what a holy thing. What a holy thing. The ark representing the presence of God. If you'll remember, some of you have studied the ark. I'll just briefly tell you just a little bit of information about the ark. The ark is a a box made of wood covered by gold. The picture and the fact of that uh, is what we see in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the wood being His uh, humanity. You remember Christ, Jesus Christ, fully God and fully man. The wood representing His man side and the gold representing the deity of Almighty God. This box contained, you remember, the stone tablets. They also contained a golden pot of manna. They also, it also contained Aaron's rod that uh, you'll remember budded and blossomed almonds. But at the top of this ark of God was the mercy seat. Wings on each end of two cherubim stretched out, stretched across the very top and looked down upon the mercy seat. And upon that mercy seat, we get a a picture there of where the blood would be placed. What's the significance of all of this? Thank God there's a mercy seat. (laughs) 
Thank God there's a place for the blood. Thank God there is a place for repentance. Thank God for His forgiveness tonight. To look down on that mercy seat and to know where the blood would be placed. Do you realize tonight it's because of where the blood is placed you and I could be saved tonight? Matter of fact, tonight I am saved because of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it is on the mercy seat. And I have been forgiven. Praise God. So you understand the... Not only what it meant at that time, but what it means for us now. How great of an importance it is. And in saying that, I want to say this tonight. That also, we must understand because we are not a ritualistic people. So understand where I'm going. There's great importance in the ark. We, we must see that. But what I do want you to understand tonight, you've really got to grasp this, is with the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and Him laying down His life, Him being buried, Him, him dying, being buried, and Him being resurrected. He is that ark. He is that ark. And everything contained in that ark He is. He came, fulfilled the law. And he came and fulfilled. He is God. Do you understand that tonight? There has been such a loss of reverence. Preacher, is there a loss of reverence in this place? Well, here's the deal tonight. It depends on your heart. It depends on your heart. It depends on how you view God. Who is God to you? Do you understand this ark representing, this ark not only representing, but to them the ark, the presence of God. The presence of God. Tonight I ask you, who is Christ to you? Who is Christ to you? Do you realize tonight the things God gives us to do are not to keep us as busy bodies, but what He commands us to do, what He wills our lives to do, God has purpose and plan in it. And we must take it serious. We, we cannot, listen to me, there is no time for us to play games with God. There is no time for us to pretend. There, there's no time for us to go on autopilot and get cold towards God. What God gives us, God means. Can I tell you tonight, God means business. God means business. I want you to notice the steps of what takes place here. We have David who is celebrating. David who is going to get the ark. Hey, these are all hey good things. He wants to take the ark back to Jerusalem. That is a great thing. We know that's where God would have it to be. But notice what takes place as we read this together. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal of Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God whose name is called by the name of the Lord of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubs. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah and Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. I want to uh, give you the first insight here. 
<laughs> you can notice right off the bat, we've got a problem. We've got a problem. For anybody who knows Scripture, you know tonight that God never said that the ark of God is to be placed upon a cart. You can go back to Numbers chapter 7. Matter of fact, I think I marked it. I'll read it for you tonight, beginning in, uh, beginning in say, verse 4. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take it of them, that they may to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt give unto the Levites, to every man according to his service. And Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them unto the Levites. Two wagons and four oxen he gave unto the sons of Gershon according to their service. And four wagons and, and eight oxen he gave unto the, the uh, sons of uh, Merari uh, according unto their service under the hand of Ithmar the son of Aaron the priest. But unto the sons of Kohath he gave none. Did y'all catch that? Because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. Number one, God never gave instruction to put the ark on a cart. Now you might say tonight, preacher, it is awfully harsh that a man would be struck down dead over simply touching it when it's falling over. Can I tell you, <laughs> it began and it was sin because anything that's disobedience is sin. Do we understand that? I love David, a man after God's own heart. We ain't got to talk about Bathsheba. That's another time. That's what we all think of. But it is sin because it was disobedience. It was disobedience. Number one, the, the ark of God should have never been on a cart. What does that tell us tonight? God is serious about His commandments. Do you hear me? Here they are. They've won the battle. They are celebrating. I mean, they've got every instrument out. <laughs> they are celebrating. They're having a great time. Can I tell you, it's easy to get caught up in the goodness of God. It's easy to get caught up. Hey, and you're having a good time. God's blessing. Things are going good. And boy, you just can't help yourself. You take it another level. You take it another level. Did you hear me? You take it another level. Can I tell you, it is great to do good things for the Lord, but they are not good things in our relationship to God if God has not ordained them. I'm telling you this, church, because I believe God is opening up opportunities. I believe God is opening up great opportunities for us. He's doing a great work in our midst. Folks are being able to come back. I mean, it's Sunday night on Valentine's Day. Look around, and you are here with your Valentine, and we're talking about a man getting struck down dead. You love the Lord. But in all that God is doing, catch this tonight, in all that God is doing, if we are not careful, we can do them the wrong way. We can do them the wrong They may look good. 
They may sound good. They may even attract a crowd. Amen. But if they are not ordained by God for us, then they will do evil to us. You understand that? They will do evil to us. When God instructs, He expects it to be followed. There is no questions asked. Now, you may wonder, where was the ark? Where was it at before? Well, the Philistines had the ark. Y'all remember that. And we'd be crazy not to think that they laid hands on the ark, right? Right? And so our next thought in knowing that is, well, if they touched the ark and nobody died, why in the world would... Can I tell you there's a difference when it comes to God's people? <laughs> I don't want you to miss this tonight. <laughs> there's a difference when it comes to God's people. Listen to me. It's one thing to be lost and to be foolish. And the grace of God, hey, God give you that grace to do something foolish. Because it is by His grace that He doesn't kill them. It's by His grace He doesn't kill you in your sin. Come on. huh? By the grace of God. But listen to me. When it comes to God's people, God has expectations. God is, God is not asking us. Hear me. God is not asking us, what do you think about this? God is not asking us, hey, let's get together, have a brainstorming party, and, uh, and I'll take your ideas over here because they're really good, and I'll take your ideas over. No, God does not work that way. What does God say? He says, I'm holy, I'm righteous, I am God. I am God, and I make the rules. You realize today in your Christian walk and life there are boundaries when it comes to living for Christ. There are boundaries. Listen, we are not cut loose to do what we want to do. God says He tells us what to do and how to do it. You realize that today. There is no one who can say, I didn't know that. If you're saved, you've got the Holy Spirit of God in you. Let me tell you what happens when we disobey God in this current dispensation and you're a child of God. You have turned off the voice of the Holy Spirit of God and you've disobeyed Him. God expects what God commands. Hear me that tonight. We, we are growing. God is working. God is moving but you hear me, God would have us to know now, listen, before we get further down the road, we must do things God's way. We must be. We must. Notice what happens. Here they are. They're having that great time. I'm not reading all those names again. Why in the world we got all these names like this? Verse 6 says, And when they came to Nacon's threshing floor, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. You know what we got a picture of tonight? If you do a little bit of research, you find out that Uzzah's name <laughs> means strength. Names matter, even though I don't like to read them. 
they matter because they're hard to pronounce. Uzzah's name means strength. Now, preacher, where are you going with that tonight? I want you to catch this. Each one of you <laughs> have a gift from God. You realize that tonight? If you're saved, you've got a gift. If you're saved, you've got a calling upon your life. Uzzah's name means strength. So wouldn't it just make a lot of sense here? <laughs> wouldn't it make a lot of sense here that as the ox trips, stumbles, whatever takes place, and the ark leans, wouldn't it make sense for the one whose name means strength to put out his hand to touch the ark? To stabilize the ark. What are you saying tonight, preacher? What are you getting at? You have got a gift from God. You have got a calling upon your life. And praise be to God for that because He's called us all together. Hey, and He's all given us a work and a peace to do in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us that. But what we've got to be careful is that we do not take our gift and get it out of place. That's a hard one for us. That's a hard one for us. What am I telling you tonight? We've got to make sure we're doing it God's way. And no matter what the gift God's given us, that gift needs to be used in the way God gave it to us. It was natural for Him to reach up. It was natural for him to reach up. Number one, it falls on David because David is the one who put it on a cart. And there is Uzzah in the wrong, you would say the wrong place at the wrong time, but not really. Not really. Number two, disobedience will bring consequence. Disobedience will bring consequence. And I want to say this with all love tonight. Disobedience will bring consequence no matter the intention. Do you hear me tonight? We can have the best thoughts in mind. We can, hey, we can have not only the best thoughts in mind, we can, boy, we can be just dreaming about what God is going to do with what we're going to do. But God ain't called us to do it. Disobedience will bring consequence no matter the intention. I can tell you in the span of my life, in the span of my walk with God, there's been plenty of times I had good intentions for what I was doing, but yet God did not call me to do it. Hear me. Not only did God not bless. Huh? Let me just, can I just get personal with you tonight? I'm going to give you an example. Not to bring glory to me. Because I hear it all the time and I listen to different things and people say, well, you shouldn't share your person. Listen, I'm going to do it tonight. Because there, I believe that there's going to be times if they aren't already happened in your life that you're going to have, boy, the opportunity to be right here. We were serving in student ministry. 
We were in about 42 students. I mean, we were meeting on Wednesday night in the fellowship hall. We were about ready to switch and maybe move into here. I mean, just switch, swap places. God was moving in a, in a mighty way. I mean, we had 27 baptized in one year. I mean, God just really just, boy, God was doing the work. Calling and saving. And God called us uh, to uh, move. And how many of you know sometimes God moves you? Sure does. That's why we ought not get too, uh, too comfortable. Amen? Let me tell you something. As your pastor, the best thing that I can tell you, get uncomfortable. Get uncomfortable. When you get uncomfortable, God can use you. Because you'll do things you ain't never done before. And because you ain't never done them before, you won't have to rely on Him to do it. But there we are. We've got 42 youth. Things are going great. And God says, hey, it's time to move to adult ministry. I'm moving you out of here. I'm moving you out of here. And we, uh, we took a Sunday school class. I say took. We started a Sunday school class by the leadership of the Lord. Group 215 grew, and I mean, has just, it's just group 215. It's wonderful. And I praise God for it. But at the same time, boy, we were hanging on to student ministry. I want to tell you what God did to that student ministry. It seemed like within six months, six months, we went from 42 students down to 15. Now you, you, might, you might say to yourself, Preacher, they probably graduated, things happened, I mean, they moved, they moved on. Uh, uh, there's a number of factors that could have taken place. But can I tell you, I know better. I know better. I know because I know what God did in my heart. I know what God revealed to me. And it was my sin to hang on to where I was. Let me tell you something. It was a good thing to be in there. It was a good thing to proclaim the name of Christ. It was a good thing to teach. It's a good thing to proclaim the gospel. But guess what? The, the good thing at the wrong time and wrong place. Why? Because God had already removed me from there. What I'm telling you folks... We have got to be careful. We've got to be sensitive to do what God's called us to do. Yes, we've got His Word in front of us, but in our daily lives, in our daily living, we've got the Holy Spirit of God who's leading us, who's guiding us, who should be directing our lives. And We've got to be obedient to what He says. Does that make sense to you tonight? I, I pray you understand that, that you see that we have no time to do it our way. To do it our way. God killed it. Do you understand me tonight? God killed it over disobedience. We do not have time to be disobedient. 
Because I'll be honest with you, and I thank God for the, for the people I've been, to ha- been able to have gospel conversations with and to pray with and to, and to just see get saved and lives change, families, boy, just transformed. But can I tell you, you know what haunts me sometimes is to look back and see those who may go to hell because I was not where I should have been. A good thing the wrong way. We don't have time for disobedience. Folks, we've got to be obedient to God. That's why it's important that we move. Let me tell you another story. Wednesday night, y'all, and many of y'all have heard about the story of these blessing bags, but I knew on the Wednesday night that I was standing in the hospital that God would have us do these. It It was no question of it. You know, you know, and you know God has told you that we're going to do something and it doesn't matter how it's going to get done because it's going to get done. That's what I'm talking about. And on Sunday, my dear sister said, God has, God has made it clear to me that we put these bags together. I'm telling you to I'm telling you to to say this. These bags are more than paper. You understand me? You say you're going to cry over some bags? You better believe I am. It's more than paper. It's it's more than a gift certificate. It's it's more than a I don't know what's in these bags, a bag of popcorn, a bottle of water, some gum. It's more than these things. It's the love of God they're going to receive. It's the love of God they're going to feel. Do you understand tonight? Listen, I don't know what God's going to do with them, but He's going to do something. Why? Because He told us to do it. Oh, He told us to do it. And the truth tonight is, if we wouldn't have done it, guess who misses out? We do. Not only the lives that are affected through a bag, you better believe it. What am I telling you, church? We're going to have opportunities. Oh, the opportunities God is giving us. We've got to go with God. We've got to do it God's way. I want you to notice what takes place. Uzzah doing, boy, doing a good thing, probably just doing the natural thing. He is struck dead. Verse 7 says, And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. In the presence of God. One writer says to make clear, to make clear who killed Uzzah, God put said it has said his name three times. Did you notice that? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. We can't afford to do it the wrong way. 
Notice verse 8, And David was displeased because the Lord had made a breach upon Uzzah, and he called the name of the place Perusa to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day and said, How shall the ark of the Lord come to me? So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of the Lord, I want you to see this, and the ark of the Lord continued in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months, and the Lord blessed Odeb-Edom and all his household. You say, now what's the difference? One man gets struck down dead and the other, his household, is blessed. Can I tell you, it's doing it God's way. Doing it God's way. You want to know what was so special about Obed-Edom's house? Number one, if you know what his name means, it means willing. Ha! Willing. What is so special about that? Oh, he was willing to receive God in his home. Did you hear me? Let me say it again. His name means willing, and he was willing to receive God in his home. When we do things God's way and we do it right, guess what? God's presence will be here. We won't have to wonder where our God is. He will be here. Why do you think God has done so much? He's moved like he has. Why? Because God is here. It's not a man, it's God. It's God, folks. And I thank God for how He's using us, but let us not ever get our eyes off the fact it is God who does the work. His presence. His presence. The ark was given a respectable home. A respectable home and he made room for the presence of God. So here's what I'm asking you tonight. Sister, if you would come help me out. This is what I'm asking you tonight. Everybody's going to fold up their Bibles, but let's think about this. <laughs> let's think about this. Because we got to, hey, we've got to have our hearts settled here right now. Does everybody understand me? We do not have time to wait. We do not have time to waste. You say, preacher, you're crazy. Yes, I'm crazy. Thank God I'm crazy. You wouldn't want to have it no other way. But here's the deal. We cannot leave doing things the wrong way. There's too much at stake. Notice. <laughs> Notice. Obed-Edom is Willing to receive God into his home. Obed-Edom gives the ark of the Lord, his presence, a respectable place. I want to ask you this tonight. I want to ask you about your home. <laughs> Boy, this has ate me up, y'all. <laughs> This has ate me up. It has ate my lunch. Do you understand me? I want to ask you tonight, heads bowed and eyes closed. This is just business with God. Can you honestly say tonight that you have given God His presence a respectable place in your home? <laughs> 
Can you say that tonight? Let me, say, let me just say it like this. If you can't, guess what? The altar is open. Why don't we find ourselves there? Oh God, why don't we find ourselves there? Obed-Edom was willing to receive the presence of God. And he gave the presence of God a respectable place. How's your home? How's your home? How is your home? How are you treating God? Because I'm going to tell you, just in what we saw this morning, what you think of God and how you treat God... It doesn't just affect you, friend. It doesn't just affect you. No, it affects your home. Listen, David doing it the wrong way killed Uzzah. Killed him. Disobedience. Disobedience. Boy, what's your home look like tonight? You say, preacher, what in the world did you have in your home? I, you know what? I don't even remember what it was. But I tell you this, I've got to start doing an inventory of every little thing that comes in. Boy, I've got to do a better job of checking these iPads and these computers and all these things. God help us. Can I tell you that what happens... What takes place in your home is taken here to this church. And if we're going to see the blessings of God, you know what? In Obed-Edom's house, his house that was so blessed, that's what the Word says. Blessed. Tonight I ask you this, what do we want for our homes? What do we want for the church? Somebody's got to step up and desire obedience. Somebody's got to step up and want obedience. So I ask you tonight, if your house ain't right, if your heart ain't right, if what you've been doing that you think's good, but it ain't what God's telling you to do, listen, this is all I'm saying tonight is, why don't we be obedient to God? That we can get into the place of blessing. We live in a society that wants prosperity, prosperity gospel and all these things. You know where the prosperity is? In obedience to God, period. Period. Obedience to God. Brother, if you would come. Heavenly Father, God, I do. God, I thank you for these people. God, I thank you for your church. God, I thank you that you love us like you do. God, I thank you that you don't throw us away, God. God, that you love us. God, I ask you right now, God. God, if there be one that's not living for you. God, if there be one in disobedience to you. God, I just pray they get it right tonight. God, I pray they don't waste another day, another moment, God. God, going through the motions miserably. But 
God, they will align in obedience with you. God, I pray you help us. We need it, God. We need you, Lord. Help us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.